Welcome to Upbringing, where Hannah and Kelty, twins, mothers, and works in progress. Upbringing is a movement that empowers parents to grow up alongside their kids for sanity and social change. Through this podcast, speaking and coaching, we focus on our personal work as parents, the awareness, intention, and approach needed to raise amazing humans while we also get some shit done. Join us to radically redefine kids' resistance as an opportunity to nurture skills and values like consent, nonviolent communication, emotional intelligence, body positivity, and respect. We attempt this by practicing powers beyond control, evidence-based tools that protect our kids' personal freedoms, support their skill building, and better align with how we roll as people. To us, this is the practice of parenting, when we can choose trust over fear, connection over control, and progress over perfection. We're not just raising our kids, we're raising ourselves. Let's show up and grow up. We'd like to wrap 2020 with weekly live Q&A sessions here on the podcast. So after this brief intro, you'll hear the audio from our latest live Instagram Q&A. Our live sessions are so much fun. We basically Mm -hmm. show up and connect, commiserate, and build skills alongside our upbringing community. Folks write in ahead of time or chime in with questions and struggles around kids' big feelings and challenging behaviors. We typically explore five to 15 questions and offer our take, our instincts, our goals, helpful phrasing, and ways to parent with alignment and integrity using our resist approach. Thank you for being here and for supporting us. And if you'd like to give your family and upbringing some extra support this holiday season, please visit our website at upbringing.co to learn about our upcoming membership community, as well as our shop, which is now full of informative guides and inspiring prints based on everything we've shared here on the podcast these past two years. Wow. Two years. (laughs) Thanks for growing up alongside us one conversation at a time. Here we go. Hello, I'm Hannah. This is Kelty, and we're upbringing. We're here six-ish to um, talk about the hard stuff and why it's the good stuff when it comes to our kids' discipline, Mm -hmm. right? We want to talk about using powers beyond control, basically go against everything we've been culturally conditioned to believe we should do with our kids when they have those challenging behaviors and big feelings, when we want to pull out our big control toolbox and be like, consequences, on my terms, now, threats, rewards, overpower, lectures, shame, blame, spanking, timeouts, all the things... That comes so naturally right. and instinctually. Research says we don't have to do any of those things. Mm. We're working our powers beyond control game for us. That is the resist approach where when our kids resist us, we get to resist control. We get to resist that conditioning that tells us to dominate and oppress those below us. It's the best our of kids. intentions. God, we love them. Mm-hmm. Um, and to be up in our own game, working some bigger <clears throat> skills in respect, consent, communication, innovation, boundary setting, all the things we really hope that our kids will learn someday. We kind of need to be practicing ourselves so they'll pick it up. That's we, the whole deal. We've been getting some amazing feedback this week that's just mm-hmm. been so encouraging. Like folks have been writing in this week saying, damn, I think I'm getting it. Mm-hmm. Or damn, 
this just happened. And oh my gosh, this is so different, this whole playing field. And mm -hmm. I think that we talk in these Q&As in the evening, like the hard stuff's the good stuff, lay it on us. We're going to explain why the shitty stuff is the most beautiful stuff and why mm -hmm. all of this matters to pay attention to and to work on. But I also always want to celebrate mm. what we've been doing as well. And seeing those, like, I don't like the word wins, but just that idea of saying, can we acknowledge progress? not perfection, progress. And so if any of you are feeling that tonight, if you had a, a great day or a different week in some way, um, not talking like obedience with your kid or they did what I said, so yay. Oh, that is such a good feeling when you're like, <laughs> I did it, I said it, and they did it. That was so <laughs> right. amazing. And that's amazing for sure. But we're also talking about the personal practices, parents, right? Rather than controlling our kids and focusing all of our parenting on them, what's the parenting that we're doing I'm focusing on ourselves, right? Mm -hmm. That's the idea. So I think oftentimes these these win stories have to do with us as parents. And that's mm -hmm. those are the ones I really love to hear that ways that we showed up in a different way and maybe how our child responded to that or our child did this one thing and maybe we responded in a different way. Yeah. Or maybe we had yeah. some really great connection through a really hard moment with them. Right. Those, so those stories share are those, so lovely. Share those things uh, in the comments down here, aside from just... Uh, my kid, this, this. We want to hear that as well, and we want to unpack all What's of those worst? things. What's the worst? What's the worst right now? Everything. Yeah, I think so much about these Q and As are are just um, reminding all of us that we're not in this alone. That we're not going mm -hmm. about this uh, raising sensitive and spirited kids or being a sensitive and spirited kid parent. We're not doing it alone. We're all mm -hmm. in this together. We're all growing up together, right? Um, we had a couple of DMs that you wanted to unpack. Yeah, there was Which one. one? One of the most recent ones that I, I mentioned that I would begin with, uh, I think it's about a 19-month-old who's kind of loving a little too hard on the cat. I think this is this is exactly how we would handle if um, a sibling is hurting another sibling, if um, a child is hitting, bopping their baby, um, baby brother or sister. Mm -hmm. This um, is a great example. So we'll dive in with this. If mm -hmm. you guys have any thoughts um, or struggles or wins uh, that you have, please do chime in here um, and we'll start with this. So someone writes, any insight or advice on pets? or four-year-olds with pets. My four-year-old is obsessed with my almost 19-year-old cat. He cuddles with her and can be very gentle with her, but most of the time he treats her like a stuffed animal and squeezes her hard, tries to put her on or in his toys. She growls, hisses, scratches, bites. He doesn't seem to care. We've talked to him about being animal protectors and treating animals with kindness and respect, and I'm at my wit's end trying to figure out how to deal with this. Help! All right. Aww. Yes. That's so hard. 19-year-old cat, as in like first baby. Like, <laughs> I was going to say, you your old. baby's attacking your first baby. Yes, exactly. Um, that's, that's so a, tough. It's tricky. Oh. Mm -hmm. And I think that this 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 woman who wrote in, that's amazing that she's trying to build context. I think mm -hmm. oftentimes when we're working with our kids and we see something that's kind of triggering or upsetting or something we don't want our kids to do, we just shut it down. We're like, you can't do that. Or, that's mean. no thank you. No right. thank you. No thank you. That's not nice. Stop doing that. That's mm -hmm. not okay. And I love that she's saying we're animal protectors, mm -hmm. right? She's trying to build some some kind of greater yeah. value and calling to this idea of treating uh, our family animals well. And I, and I would keep that going. Yeah. Keep up with that. Talking yeah. about what we're doing, what, we're, what our goals are here. Yeah. And then when baby brain can't stop the impulse. Brain, or four-year-old brain, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can't stop the impulse. Um to keep loving on him, to keep mm -hmm. moving his, the cat's body, to keep doing all these things, yeah. we gotta be there 
with our physical presence <clears throat> also. Right. It's, it's so easy for us to think, okay, when they were little toddlers, God, we got to get in there. They're showing us that we have to stop their hand. We got to right. stop my them favorite plant before they tip over the edge of that stairwell. Right. Oh my gosh. They have no awareness of their bodies and what they need. And when they start edging up in the age groups, we think, oh, my words should be enough. Mm-hmm. Right. I should be able to say, don't love too hard on Sammy or whatever. Just my words, my information right. should be enough. Yeah. And and I think this is a great reminder that words are often not enough and our mm-hmm. kids are showing us when that is. <clears throat> so when, when they're getting a little too into deal, digging in our plants, that's one of your big ones, Hannah, oh, or yeah. loving on the cat or getting too um, close to the, the new baby mm-hmm. or physically bopping on the baby. Mm-hmm. Whatever the thing is, whatever the, the boundary that we have is for ourselves or a limit that we have for our kid, mm-hmm. sometimes we have to physically get in there. And we I can, call it loving follow through. Yeah. When we yeah. really, the word that we're trying to reprogram in our brains is they need help. Right. They need help. And we'll say that it looks like you're needing some help. You really want to love him right now. <clears throat> oh, you love him so much. I'm going to help pry your hands off his neck. Mm-hmm. Okay. Right. You're wanting him. I think so much about mm-hmm. this is remembering that our four-year-old probably does feel like they're, he's an animal protector still. He probably does love this 19-year-old cat a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. And he wants to participate and play with this 19-year-old cat. And I was like, 19-month-old four-year-old I know, I'm mixing up everything. But I think we have to remember it honor the impulse that our four-year-old is doing. Show empathy, show compassion. Say, you want this cat to play with you. Mm-hmm. Good old Jerry or whatever his, na- his name is. Uh, but it's it, again, it's showing you it's it's not liking and keep, it. And right? keep letting the cat hiss and scratch uh, your, your kid a little bit. Mm-hmm. You know, I like that you're like, he doesn't seem to mind right now, but I think that mm-hmm. that's good feedback. And mm-hmm. I think that we can be sports casting like we would with a sibling. It seems like the cat is like, do you see him hissing? Do you see his nails coming out? Do you see his body posture mm-hmm. kind of like this? Right. What does that tell us? And it's not us against our child. We're just kind of sports casting this idea. Mm-hmm. We're showing, we're reflecting, we're mediating between our child and the cat. Or it would be the same as our child with a sibling or a child with another kid or whatever it is. Mm-hmm. But I think if we want to protect the cat, then I would just continue to protect the cat and realize that our child is still too rough, can't manage impulses, has ideas about mm-hmm. cat that... Um, are unsafe and that what four-year-old child needs is us to lovingly follow through to stop those impulses, right? Mm -hmm. If our our four-year-old isn't able to kind of connect the dots quite yet about, oh, do this and cat gets mad. Oh, I probably shouldn't do that. Then Mm -hmm. they're just saying they need our help a little bit more uh, to to stop that impulse. Reroute it a little bit. What else? Could the cat be watching you while you're playing, Mm -hmm. right? What is the cat thinking while he's watching you? Mm-hmm. Instead of putting him in your Legos, could he just be counting your Legos? Could you make him a little structure of Legos and right. then gift it to him? Right. Maybe your four-year-old's needing a little bit of support in how to involve this cat in his play. Mm-hmm. Or maybe he's also just taking out things. I think oftentimes we're like, wow, this is such a sweet situation where four-year-old's mm-hmm. wanting to play with the cat, but where usually uh, children are trying to take out their stress on cats and dogs. Yeah. So, But that might uh, be part of it is a yeah. little bit of a stress-squeezy situation. Mm-hmm. That's right. Cool. Too. Or, you know, I have control over something this four-year-old might think. Mm-hmm. I have control over this cat. Yeah. Right. But we that can also good. We can connect with the body and yeah. um, connect our kids to what their physical experience is. You're wanting to squeeze something. Yeah. So is it about the cat and loving him? Or do you want to just squeeze? Right. Here's this pillow you can squeeze. Yeah. Here's something else. Right. Yeah. Or maybe the child is wanting to push up against a boundary that you're setting because a four-year-old will know if you've said, please don't do that to the cat. 
And if they're still doing it, maybe they're needing to vent some emotions. When you set a boundary, I can't Mm -hmm. let you touch the cat. So there's a lot at play here, but none of it's wrong. Mm -hmm. It's all normal, natural, necessary. It's okay. It just requires our sensitive support. Mm -hmm. We talk about it a lot in our resist approach. We talk about it a a lot Mm -hmm. in our big feelings guide, which is available Mm -hmm. on our website um, at upbringing.co. Our siblings guide could be like a child and a cat the entire way through. Mm -hmm. All 10 steps. I love that. Could be for a child and a cat. (laughs) Or a dog. We get a lot of people like- Cats matter too. Kids are kicking dogs all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Thanks for sharing that question. Someone says, my toddler has been screaming and crying often this week. We're stuck inside for the snow and I've started just sitting with him on the floor. He's two and a half. It helps, but I'm also getting overwhelmed. Oh my gosh, that would be really hard. Lots of big feelings. Yeah, yeah. Screaming and crying is 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 hard for any um, person who loves their child, who's mm-hmm. just around a child in general, let alone who's maybe a little bit sensitive. Right? We get really touched out, talked out, screamed ah. out very quickly mm-hmm. um, as sensitive people, um, and that's really really tricky. I think with a two and a half year old, if your child is struggling, they're having their big feels. Mm-hmm. If you are struggling to support them, it's okay to take a moment to leave the room for a second, mm-hmm. to say, right, oxygen mask first to parent mm-hmm. and then to child. So if we can't support our kids if we're losing our shit or getting pushed beyond, right? So making sure two and a half year old is safe on the floor, mm-hmm. checking in with them. And then before we reach our breaking point, saying, mm-hmm. I'm gonna go to the bathroom real quick and I'll be right back. Yeah. It's not abandoning them, it's not negligent, right? If they're okay there yeah. and they're doing all right. But I like even them. just standing up and turning away from them for a moment, just walking out, out of the other bit. room yeah. and then coming back in can can really, really help. You deserve that. Mm-hmm. Right? And then those moments that you are feeling more game and you're sitting there bearing witness, which is so awesome when our yeah. kids are having a meltdown, a tantrum, screaming and yelling, just losing it, however, whatever you call it in your yeah. home. Um, that's our number one job. If we're able, yeah. if we're self-regulated, is to help co-regulate our kids. We talk about it in our Big Feelings Guide, which is for sale on our website too. Yeah. Um, our job is to help our kids relax. Our job is to de-escalate those big feelings. Not with our when they were babies. Not with fixing it. Right. Not with distracting it, but just being there and showing them that everything they're feeling is okay. Whether through our presence, physically present, our physical presence, through our nodding, through our understanding face, Mm -hmm. through a um, a warm touch. If if they're going, if they'll take it. (laughs) Some, some kids that, that can be inflammatory and not fun. Um, that's what we're going to do. And we're just going to be there. And then other than in that moment, I think that, um, we've been experiencing some of the same stuff with our kids and really trying to up their sensory input Mm -hmm. routine, right? Right. Getting those wiggles out that nervous system. We got to find every couple hours ways for our kids to be upside down, be jumping, be spinning, be, um, touching goopy stuff or getting in the water. Mm-hmm. All of these things that help regulate their sensory Be pulling um, heavy things like a laundry basket with mm-hmm. something in it, us in it, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what else? Dipping and flipping, getting that vestibular yeah, input. Laughing, yeah. crying, and dancing. And then for, the, for our babies and for our kids, those things. And then let's get those for us too, mm-hmm. right? Even in the moment if we can go do 10 jumping jacks, it sounds ridiculous. Or like Kelty and I have been doing the thing where we put our arms over our heads and like, I'll do it in the mirror too, just for added effect. I feel better right now. <laughs> Did you try it? You guys should all Is try anyone it right out there now. doing this. It feels amazing. I just hit myself in the head. Yeah, we should do it by <laughs> high fiving too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that t- 
takes happy hour to a whole nother level. Mm. Um, but you're doing an amazing job and it's okay. It's all right. Yeah. All the feels, baby. So welcome all of that. Care the best for yourself as you can. Mm. Care for your child. Take those breaks when you need them. You don't have to fix anything. Just nod right. and step out. You can right. say, I'm struggling to support you. I'll be right yeah. back. Right. Yeah, that's okay. Maggie says, I was back in the baby's bedroom putting down for a nap and heard yelling and crying from my older three in the front room. I started to stomp out of the room like my usual <clears throat> dysregulated self and instead channeled that energy and instead came out passionately saying, I'm so sorry I wasn't out here to support you all. Big sis had hit younger brother. She immediately turned to brother and immediately and genuinely apologized. It was an amazing moment. Oh, oh my goodness. Beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Beautiful. The power of our presence, the power of our vibe, of our tone, right? Yeah. Wow. Oh my gosh. That, sli that sliding doors moment of being like the one time I walk in there <clears> saying, <throat> what the fuck is going on? Versus the one time I walk in there saying, How's it going, everyone? I'm sorry. I, I, I missed a couple steps here. How's everyone doing? Mm -hmm. I think it's right? really easy for us to forget how much power is in our presence, right? Yeah. How much power we have in literally our, just our facial expression and our vibe coming into a room. And our kids who struggle look up to us. Like we would maybe mm -hmm. like a, a mentor or a mm -hmm. boss that we love. Like, how bad is this? Or what's how this? Bad is this? <laughs> Make some sense out of this yeah. for me, please. How would we want a mentor to come to us when we're struggling? Would we want them to be like, oh, okay, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, or like this a million if times. If we were like at, at the scene of an accident, we always would think we of want, would we want an EMT yeah. being like, holy shit, what happened here? Right, or like frustrated and annoyed. Uh, why did you fall uh, and break your leg open? Oh, right. there's so much blood. Uh, now I have to clean this up. Yeah. Right. <laughs> But, oh, I think but we can't always control it. Yeah. Right. So moment of grace for those the yeah. sliding doors moment that Ma Maggie, you were on the, the preferred side of the yeah. sliding doors. But that's OK for those moments that we walk in screaming, what the fuck is going on? That's part of the learning, too. That's that we're OK, all too. Yeah. And we get the circle back yeah. and the trust step. Right? right, where we get to apologize, which a lot of grown-ups aren't used to doing, especially to their kids. Right. We get to say, I'm so sorry. It went down earlier that way. Remember when I came in yelling? I was struggling. I couldn't support you how I wanted to. Yeah. I right. really wanted that to go differently. How would you have wanted it to have gone? Right. Next time, I would like to whatever. XYZ. XYZ. Yeah. Be more like Maggie. Love today. all the hearts, everybody. Love those wins that folks are sharing too. Yeah. Wins we put in quote marks. Oh, we had a great win. We don't the other like day. that binary win lose, you know, succeed share fail. The, stuff. Share the win DM that someone shared with us the other day that was so great. Which one? Um, what was it? it was about a car ride on the way to a play date. I don't know if I read that one. Okay. Um, so the mom was on the way to a play date with her daughter maybe like six-year-old daughter. And sometimes the daughter would kind of get into like a kind of bossy mood with her friend um, when they would play. Do you want to look for it so you can read no, it? No, it's okay. Okay. And, um, and so the mom ended up saying something like, you know, so when you get there, maybe you can just kind of, kind of be cool and just, you know, mm -hmm. just not, not push play too much or, you know, just let her do her thing. And, mm. and her daughter okay. was kind of quiet in the back and, yeah. And she ha ended up having this kind of stricken face and the mom was like, "What? What's wrong? Are you okay? Are you okay? What? What? Something I said. Is what? What did I say?" And she said, "You. I think you were telling me that you don't want me to be myself." And the mom said, "I feel like that was the uh, such a win mm -hmm. because it reminded me that I was telling her to be someone different, mm -hmm. to make me feel more comfortable, 
and that I'm raising a child who feels comfortable enough to be honest, to honor her inner wisdom and authority to say, I don't like that you're telling me to be a different person. This is who I am right now. I'm exploring it. I'm learning it. And to try and make myself smaller or less or quieter, that's anti-feminist, right? Mm -hmm. Uh, No, no thanks, mom. Like you can feel uncomfortable or you can move through Mm -hmm. it, but hey, I'm putting you in check here. That reminds me of like, that's so beautiful. I love that. I love that so much. She was like, and you think that was a lose, but that was such a win. It made me be like, oh my gosh, this is a really important moment. Uh, I had a similar one when my now six-year-old daughter was more like, 18 months and she was biting kids at their uh, little Montessori and on the way to school I would say something like so I I like had to be so sensitive about this because we barely you even were brought it up with her sensitive. I was trying so hard and I would say something like so I hope you have fun with your friends and she'd go I'm gonna bite them I'm gonna bite them <laughs> I'd be like okay right. so she that's, knew that's the most she I was like say. She was like, I know my mom is trying to tell me what not to do. I, I already trying, know not to do it. I can't control I myself. I was trying to lovingly control her. Yeah. And it was so hard. Mm. Someone says, totally feeling it. I feel that not only has my confidence grown since joining this community, but I'm also getting to know my spirited and sensitive three-year-old daughter better. Thanks to you. Thank you. Thank you for being here. Bath time. Someone says, as an empath, I tend to downplay my daughter's discomfort so that I'm not uncomfortable. Tonight, I really sat with her and in it, and it felt good. Mm. Thank you so much for sharing that. Beautiful. Those moments that we're able to feel a little bit less spongy Mm -hmm. are so wonderful that we can connect through that, through that pain that someone else is experiencing without feeling like we're getting it on us as super sensitive people is beautiful experience. I think we're, we're about to talk about food here at our next question, but I think division of responsibility applies to everything in our lives with our kids. What do we do as parents? What are we responsible for? What are our kids do as kids? What are they responsible for? What are their freedoms? What are our responsibilities? Like how do those interplay with one another? And I think when it comes to feelings, we're not responsible, right? For how our kids like necessarily feel about something right Mm -hmm. and and we can acknowledge it we can check it and say hey that impact maybe i should retool something i'm doing but their experience in life that's okay we don't have to change it or fix it we can hold space with it we can love it and we also at the same time as the ones responsible do not want our kids to feel responsible for our feelings so Mm -hmm. that's why kelty and i get really serious about trying to avoid shaming our kids or punishing our kids in any way because as their authority figure it tells them really easily they need to be responsible for our expectations and our feelings Mm -hmm. and we don't want to create that kind of codependent relationship so i think that that's it's just so great when we can find those moments where maybe not the most extreme moments with our kids when we're really triggered but even just starting small with those small Mm -hmm. things like an offhanded complaint our kid throws us it's just kind of a stupid, like, I hate this random thing or, Ugh, or a like, shove that they give us walking by. Let's, let's, let's practice being like, oh, well, you've got that feeling about whatever it is. How you doing? Right? How you doing? What's yeah. going on? It's not about us. Mm-hmm. Right. But it's I think that, that we've been conditioned to believe that one of our biggest teaching tools, especially if we're, if we've decided not to spank, if we're right. trying to avoid yelling is to show our disappointment, right. which is basically shaming our kids. And it's such a hard pill to swallow thinking like, if I show them the dis- that I'm disappointed, if I show them the impact of their feelings or behavior or words, that's shaming them. And it is. 
And it's so hard to think about it that way. So we have to be careful about it. Mm-hmm. I think that we have to be honest and authentic at a, to a certain point with our kids because they read our vibe. And so if they don't feel the vibe and then see the vibe actually reflected on our faces, that can make them really insecure about understanding people. And so so self-regulation in the moment is the number one so that right. we're not giving ass face and showing disappointment, even if we're not, you know, right. it's tough. It's, it's really tough, but I yeah. think that we, we want to be authentic and say, I'm frustrated in this moment, or I'm overwhelmed right I'm, now. I'm struggling. I'm struggling through this, this conversation. But not you. You make me disappointed. You did this, and it frustrated right. me. You fell down You on are whatever. making me struggle. Right. You are so, adding. So not you, you, talking you. yous, talking me's, I mm-hmm. statements. Mm-hmm. I'm feeling frustrated about what's happening. I'm needing more... Right. Blah, 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 Focusing blah. on our needs as parents. That helps our kids learn about their needs too and not feel like shit in the process. Yeah. Someone says, any tips on eating? I'm trying to let my five-year-old decide how much and what at dinner time, but it turns into only eating the carb part. What do you suggest they try everything <clears throat> or just let them eat carbs? Did mm. you DM us about this? I don't know. I think you might have just saying it's like all um, mm. all carbs, basically. Yeah, and how do you trust in that? It's so tricky, right? We're like paleo. I'm like, um, you know, intermittent fasting, like figuring out all these things, learning about all this science. And it's really hard when our kids just dive right into the carbs, which we all They're know like is sugar. Gluten, gluten, gluten. Right? Which is <laughs> just so painful. Ah. Um, but I think that uh, intuitive eating is where it's at for us, at least, because there's so much research around it now uh, as far as how to help kids and adults too. intuitive eating is for everybody attuned to their bodies, understand and reconnect mm-hmm. with themselves to understand when they're hungry, when they're full, what things taste good, what things don't taste that great, right? Research shows as well, and this isn't a lot of the intuitive eating research, that kids will round out their, their necessary nutritional plate, so to speak, not every meal, right? They'll round it out within seven to 10 days. So if they're provided with a wide range of They foods. have a, enough of a variety to choose from. They'll choose carb, carb, veggie, carb, fiber, carb, protein, carb, and that will be okay. That most kids' bodies, like actually, just like an animal, they know what to forage for. They know mm-hmm. what to eat. How do animals know which foods to eat? Like out in the forest or jungle or whatever it mm-hmm. is, like they know, right? And we have to keep remembering that our kids know, their bodies know. It's so interesting thinking about like when we had babies, we we're maybe feeding them a bottle or nursing them. Remember when they would turn their face away and be like, Ugh. and we're not going to just like, keep force feeding them, <laughs> right? right? Yeah. We're like, oh, they're, they're showing me they're done. It's starting to be like, and just like ooze out of their face. Even when they're like toddlers, you give them the little bit of like avocado, avocado mash, like, it would just be, no. or it would just be like, they just, just like put it out. in and then spit it out. Right. It would be like, oh, I guess they're not liking that right now. Right. They're, they're ready telling for me, it. they're showing me. And then it, it, with so many of these things, I keep saying, they get a little bit older and mm-hmm. they get a little bit older, their words, their behaviors, their agency, their independence fools mm-hmm. us into thinking that they don't know what's best for them mm-hmm. or that, that they're not a work in progress like all of us are. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically the, the division of responsibility that, that we're talking about in that intuitive eating realm for our kids mm-hmm. is that we provide which food, where at the table, preferably we think, and when, so that the window of time that mm-hmm. it's going to be consumed. It could mm-hmm. be within half an hour, it could be within an hour, they could come and go if they want, or if you're not into that, that's cool too. Mm-hmm. And then our kids decide which foods of those and how much of those foods. Mm-hmm. And it's a huge trust fall, but that's what research <clears throat> shows creates 
intuitive eaters <clears throat> who are in touch and I attuned mean, we, to their bodily processes and don't end up overeating, over drinking, right. under kind of eating, disconnected, basically. Or always looking to an external resource for how to nourish their bodies. Whether that's, oh, their friends are eating this random thing or sniffing this random thing, or their friends are not mm -hmm. eating anything or over-exercising, mm -hmm. right? We want our kids to understand what their needs are in a non-binary way, in a non-judgmental way, mm -hmm. in a self-attuned way. And so that requires that we control a lot less around their eating and spend all of our time as much as possible in Energy. modeling the positive eating mm -hmm. habits and creating opportunities, uh, variety and agency in the mealtime right. kind so of we, scenario. We try to bring them into the food prep and the grocery right. shopping, especially if it's online. That's so easy yeah. now. We don't even have to take them to the store. Um, yeah, bringing them into the food prep, asking mm -hmm. which way we should cook it, experimenting, right? We can be buddies Taste in tests, this, right? Do you like, do you like carrots steamed lately or do you like them more fried with a little Talk, bit of salt? And I like how you're talking Kilty in like non-binary terms, mm -hmm. like lately, today, right mm -hmm. now, your taste buds aren't loving or that. that way. Or you like it the way this is. Oh, that's so interesting because I love it this way. We're so different right mm -hmm. now. Huh, mushrooms in soup, yes. Mushrooms on their own, not so much right now. Isn't that interesting? That's so right? interesting. Yeah, and I think also just not focusing on the food. I think bringing this together, uh, us together around food and then letting them just experience it. Right. Yeah. And not focusing over focusing because kids can really feel that pressure of control mm -hmm. around their food. And we don't want them to always be like defensive about what they're eating. Yeah. Right. I think also if our kids are really prioritizing carbs, I think oftentimes their taste buds and their palate could be kind of conditioned. So I would create a variety of food opportunity with one food that's maybe carb related that I know they would eat. And then I would do two to three other foods that are non-carb related mm -hmm. that you'll continue to present like foods basically that I will eat after they don't eat it. And I'll eat it for my dinner or later. The dog. Get or a the dog. dog or that are savable that you can, you know, have the next day, the chickens. but offering those things and then just letting them choose, letting mm -hmm. them round out. Thinking about the carbs, is it because the carb is orange? Do they like orange things? Is it because the carb is soft? So maybe prioritizing other vegetables that is are it soft. Because it's warm. Is it because it's warm? Mm -hmm. What is it about that carb that they're liking, right? And then also remembering too that we want to be sensitive about their snacks and not snacking all the time as well. I think folks mm -hmm. get into a really serious snack situation that undermines the mealtime situation. So they're like, why would mm -hmm. I eat a vegetable when I'm going to eat? Uh, uh, I had crackers a half an hour ago. I get ago a granola bar before granola bed. Granola bar later, right? I'm good. Right. So I think creating those windows mm -hmm. of breakfast, snack, lunch, snack, dinner. Mm -hmm. Those eating mealtime windows, half an hour to an hour, mm -hmm. whatever works for you. I put a lot of the veggies on the table as I'm cooking dinner because the kids are hungry. They've been mm -hmm. waiting since snack and they'll eat whatever is there. If I put it with the you know, hot buns with butter or whatever, mm -hmm. they're going to choose the hot buns first. So figuring out those things, helping to attune to your kid in a non-judgmental way. I hope this helps a little bit. And then bit. trust. Yeah. I mean, but all of our kids have been through little patterns of, yeah. of things that terrified the shit out of us where we're just like, they're in this, this rut right. and now they're never going to get out. Now my five-year-old's eating seaweed and dipping crackers in avocado again. Yeah. Like I never thought it would happen. And it is. Yeah. Right. We've been t like chilling it out so much. Be so freaking cool. out inside. Right. <laughs> Right. Yeah. 
Yeah. Someone says, my three and a half year old does the same to our dog. Big changes at home. Newborn dad deploying COVID takes out frustrations on the dog. Hard to keep them apart with dad gone and three kids under four. Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. I'm sorry. Yes. Way to go. Yep. Just as, as much as you can protect that dog, as often as you can be there to uh, not just separate them, but in the moment to, to stop that impulse if you can, mm -hmm. you know, the dog can also hopefully learn how to, to avoid the child if they need to mm -hmm. you got to stop the the behavior welcome the feelings around it right yeah. process about the feelings that are going on with the new baby with the dad yeah. as often as you can yeah, putting I, it out there like, saying like it's hard yeah. right now I'm gonna miss daddy too or gosh we're so cooped up and you can't see your friends it's been hard tell me how you're feeling right. all the things that make us want to just like hide under the covers and never talk about it yeah. We can take totally. a moment to feel brave yeah. and realize that putting in that effort to normalize and give positive associations with these challenges is an investment that's worth it, mm -hmm. right? And it takes an practice and it feels easier as we, as we do it, <clears throat> but we're, our thoughts are with you. Yes. Um, someone says such challenges with a partner who doesn't parent this way and doesn't believe in it. So sorry to hear that. We have a, a lot of a lot of people here in the upbringing community yeah. who are having those challenges with their partners. You're not Actually, alone. Yeah, tomorrow yeah. we're going to come out with a a small partner um, mini guide of mantras and phrases that have been helpful to um, to our community before mm -hmm. uh, before now. Um, we've also done a couple podcast episodes on caregiver clashes that we would re recommend you check out. DM us. Um, there's a, a cool um, account that I'm forgetting the name of that I would like to share with you um, for partners who are trying to get on the same page just in general about stuff. Mm -hmm. We're also looking to put together a partner's course. Mm -hmm. So an actual little video series. Well, a full guide and then also a course. And then yeah. a course for, yeah. um, for those partners who are like, oh, prove it to me. Why is this respectful way work? What? Yeah. I want to see some research that says that spanking and yelling um, is not good for kids or um, prove it to me prove it to me that not using control is is better right um also you can bring them them on to our lives and um we'll tell them yeah but we're with you on that yeah we hang in we there see, yeah um, Bella says, loving ways to explain this to old-fashioned and codependent grandparents who mm -hmm. think respectful parenting is too, quote, new at agey, and that toddler needs to learn respect and learn the meaning of no. Sure. Same and deal. That, same deal with that. Like, yeah. I can't wait to, to come out with that, um, the mini guide tomorrow, the full guide, the course. Yeah, someone I else think. said, how do you teach old-fashioned grandparents who respond? Crazy old-school thinking. Yeah, I don't think you can really teach them much. I think all you need to, all you can really do is, is set some loving limits, right? Mm -hmm. Some loving boundaries. We talk in that, in that right. big caregiver clash mm -hmm. episode we did um, last season of this whole spectrum of things that we can be doing, all the way from just modeling basically mm -hmm. just showing them the way we do it that's the most implicit way that people learn right, right? Um, it's a good way to learn to a little comment hey you know what's worked for me lately with them it was really interesting to me neutral to saying you know I wanted to keep you up to date so we're doing this now when our when the kid does this thing just mm -hmm. so you know to you know, I really want to get on the same page, so I'd love to I've sit down and talk with and you. We really want to keep things consistent, we got so let's values, sit down. Sit similar values. Right, and having let's a talk do this. to therapy, mm -hmm. right? Um, and that can be all of the the whole span that you said, Kelty, can be face-to-face. Uh, -face, it can be on the phone. It can mm -hmm. be written. It can be text message, carrier pigeon, whatever works mm -hmm. best. And um, also... 
got these guides. Yes. This one's 20% off through the weekend. These are perfect to print at home yeah. or email to a caregiver and mm -hmm. say, oh my gosh, we've been learning so much from these research-based resources online. Mm -hmm. It helps our kids build their skills, keeps us feeling really connected, like super attached, right. which this is This isn't woo-woo is new age. This is research-based. There's now yeah. science on parenting. Oh my gosh, it's so, it's so natural oh that you want them to yeah. understand what no means. Can I tell you a couple of things about a toddler's brain? It's so interesting. Right. I really want to tell no you. I had no idea. Right? Learning all these really yeah. interesting new things. Oh yeah. my gosh. Someone says, stop shaming five-year-old when two-year-old gets hurt. They now finally truly enjoy playing together and can do so without hurting each other constantly. Uh, wow. Amazing. <laughs> Today or this week or Lately. this month. That's amazing. <laughs> Not forever. They might wow. have some hiccups. They might, uh, you know, I'm have sure. those ebbs and flows. Right. That but, is, but that is beautiful that you've noticed that you're shaming the older one when the five-year-old and the two-year-old have issues. Might be adding. Might be creating kind of a vicious victim cycle of victim aggressor. Yeah. You know, that's amazing. Amy says, when my three-year-old son doled out his first mommy insult today and after I put a boundary in place around more candy and he said something along the lines of being uh, me being mean. Mm -hmm. I was kind of shocked just because it was the first time, but I mustered up a very chill. Okay. And he walked over to me and asked how I was because I think he expected me to be upset. And I just said, I'm good. How are you? And we happily moved on. I was definitely, it was definitely challenging, um, you know, channeling you guys and allowing his big feelings without taking it personally and putting my own shit on him. Never want him to feel responsible for my emotions. It felt good. Oh, oh thank you for that share. Beautiful. Oh my gosh, our kids' harsh words are... I hope you're celebrating tonight. <clears throat> if this was the first time, that's a big thing. And you, you wow. were cool as a cucumber. For most of us, that man, were, that took us by surprise. He just asked you if you were a mean mommy, and you showed him that you weren't. Yeah. That's what happened there. I love that, Hannah. That's amazing. Yeah, he dared you to be a mean mommy, and you were like, no, nope. I'm not. Nope. I'm, I'm feeling good. I'm totally yeah. cool right now. You just wanted more candy. Yeah. It's not yeah. about me. Beautiful. I love that. Amazing. <laughs> um, the person with, um, with the partner challenges said yeah. research bothers him even more. Believes okay. he doesn't have to learn how to be a dad. So tough. Mm -hmm. Seems like I trigger him if I ever bring this stuff up. Sure. Oh, partner so fragility. Hard. Dad fragility. Yeah. Right. That's a big thing. We like it's, it's universal, right? Yeah. It's so understandable. And I think that's part of what we're going to be mm -hmm. offering tomorrow in our mini guide and talking about in the larger guide in the course is saying, how can we validate and create security for our partners mm -hmm. in learning and growing around something that is very threatening to them? Yeah. Right. How learning can we, and growing sometimes how can, we, can threaten their, their sense yeah. of, of, of personhood, of um, ability, of value, of belonging. Yeah. We don't want that to happen. Can we find ways to be giving them kudos in the ways that they're, yeah. they're really, um, you know, doing things doing the well. way that we feel really good about <laughs> generally, or um, that they're feeling really good about and they're yeah. feeling good about it. Great. Yeah. And then bringing up the other things outside the moment, mm -hmm. um, in an open connective moment in a mm -hmm. way that's, that, um, isn't going to kind of trigger their defensiveness. It's so hard. Part of me is like, <clears throat> gosh, we've got to like silver platter this stuff for the guys. And then part of me is like, fuck them. Get on board, buddy. Let's talk about but it also, in therapy. Also men have been conditioned in mm -hmm. our culture 
to believe these things, right? To feel these things. But they're if, victims too. But if it's they're really refusing tough. to work on it, yeah. that's an issue. And that's something that everyone has to yeah. figure out for themselves in their yeah. own relationship. What is yeah. a deal breaker? If they won't even read a Liz single Lemon thing, that. Liz yeah. Lemon that shit <laughs> yeah. up. If what's the deal breaker that they're yelling yeah. has to stop or that they won't even look at a piece of research right. or that they won't talk about it with you face to face without getting huffy and storming off. Maybe you need some, some extra support, yeah. right? If you can't be the, the sole person saying, let's do this. Oh, How God. can we make this happen? Having, That's a lot of work and responsibility. It totally is Hannah. Yeah. And I feel like having mediators yeah. with us for our partners, because we did therapy, we're so lucky um, yeah. to have been able to do that. And we highly yeah. recommend it. Having that third person yeah. to volley those things off yeah. and to be like, it's not me. They're saying that they're recommending that this. Sound? We're on the same right. team. We want to be working on these things together. That's why we're here, honey. Right. Yeah. It feels so amazing. Yeah. Right. <clears throat> if you have good. more questions about partner stuff or concerns, or if you have phrases that your partner says, we yeah. want to know what they are. We want to understand uh, what yeah. um, we're all up against as far as bringing partners in to understand mm -hmm. this respectful, uh, evidence-based parenting thing, discipline thing. Yeah. It matters. So um, reach out to us. We would love to we connect love with that. you. Someone else says on partners, mine is incredibly open and on board to learning this approach. We're on the same journey together, but I have more time to absorb and practice as I'm home and caring mm -hmm. more. So I find myself trying to control him and yelling suggestions, sometimes mm -hmm. just resist mm -hmm. in the moment, which I can <laughs> see rattles him and undermines his confidence. Gotta <clears throat> up my self-reg and trust. Beautiful. Oh gosh. I struggle with that as well. Mm -hmm. I really do. I, I get in there, I micromanage, I nitpick, mm -hmm. I, I offer little resentful like, oh, things like that is my work is not with as much with my kids as with my partner about my kids. Yeah. And we, I get that. And I, I, I love that perspective. So um, if you're interested in, in contributing to our guide, to our course, DM us about that as well, because that yeah. is just a beautiful perspective. Uh, and we want to make sure we're covering all partners mm -hmm. situations. What are all this? of those yeah. automatic beliefs, those doubts, yeah. those negative thoughts, those criticisms on their end or our end, yeah. right? Um, the um, original person with the partner who's struggling said, exactly, I empathize for how he was parented, heartbreak, mm -hmm. but then also feel like, come on, dude, break the cycle. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and then Sarah says, yes, Hand would love to. I will DM you. Okay, okay good. Great. Thank you. Someone says, off topic, but your twin aesthetics, warm, cool wardrobe looks unreal. <laughs> 10 out of 10. Thank you. Um, so we grew up this way. I cannot wear a cool color, blue, green, purple, anything, because our parents gave us our own color spectrums as, as twins, as babies. I don't know um, if we've mentioned this before, but maybe a few mm -hmm. times. Uh, but to help kind of allow us to differentiate a little bit. I think we grew up in the 80s and um, uh, most twins were identically dressed, mm -hmm. identically hair coiffed, all mm -hmm. of the things. And our mom especially, but our dad too, they were like, that's crazy. That's totally wild. We're not doing that. Um, and so Kelty got all the cool colors, the blue, greens, the purples. I got mm -hmm. all the warm colors, the pinks, the oranges, the reds. Mm -hmm. And that's how we identify now. Like we identify in color spectrums and that's just kind of how we roll. So thank you. Thanks for noticing. Yeah. We have a question sticker. I feel like we should. Okay. We got to wrap this up. What about when kids <clears throat> ask for seconds? Mm -hmm. This is what I struggle with when I want to say yes to the health, mm -hmm. healthy stuff and no to the sweets. Any advice? Yeah. I think that's so great. I think that, um, I think we have to say, okay, we have control, not in that moment of what they eat. Mm -hmm. We have control over what's been presented at the table. So if we're, if we're 
anything we put on the table for our kids, back to this food situation earlier we were talking about, anything we put on the table for our kids, they should be able to eat as much as they want of it. That's what's so hard when they're like, another piece of bread, another piece of and, bread, and another guess, piece of and bread. And guess what? The, the learning experience, let's say there ends up being something on the table that we're not loving that much, they get to learn about how that feels in their body. And we can check in with them, be like, you've had your like fourth piece of toast. How's that feeling in your body? Not being like, how's that feeling? Right. Mm-hmm. But curious, you know, helping them attune. Right? But, but you and I struggle with things like seconds for like ice cream right? or we things do. like that. And I think a lot of intuitive <clears throat> specialists are like, you, get, you gotta give them uh, that most too. intuitive. You gotta have bowls of candy around. You, like you have the junk food drawer. <laughs> so they learn how to eat junk food and regulate their systems based yeah. on it. And we struggle with that. We've minimized sugar all the way through the first seven years. But we also want to have it around enough that it's not, it doesn't feel restricted, forbidden, mm-hmm. um, like this like desirable thing yes. where they had no experience it regulating it so in their bodies. You want more ice cream. Oh, you, I want more ice cream sometimes too. I feel like, you know, we each had about like this much of a cup and we're actually running a little bit low. We could put it on the list for next time. Mm-hmm. How's your body feeling? And like, right. by the time we're so, done talking about that, they're like, oh, whatever, so, moving on to the next So we thing. do like a single, if we ever get ice cream, which is very rare, we get the single little small thing so that everyone had basically has a scoop and then, and then it's gone. It's gone. Mm-hmm. Right. So that helps a lot where we're just like, oh, you wanting more. It's not it's, like this vat being like, nope, no more. <laughs> <Right>? scoops. <laughs> but where it's like, so we acknowledge and we validate and honor that impulse and say, your brain is telling you, your body's telling mm-hmm. you it wants more. Is that so interesting with sugar, especially mm-hmm. it tells you it wants What's it more. for you. For me, it's chocolate. And for you, it's fruit right, a little bit. And yeah. we don't want to demonize sugar. We never, never want to demonize or like and angelicize or Love I it. don't know what it is, any foods, right? We want all foods to be created equal. Some foods might be growing foods. Some foods might be fun foods. So we want to eat the growing foods and then we have the fun foods, something like that, right? The growing foods help us grow. So we prioritize that. And then we have the fun foods, which are fun and that's great, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that we just want to be really careful with all of that. And I think that if our kids do have more, my daughter has had extra cake at a birthday party a couple of times. And when we go to a birthday party now, she'll say, as she said a couple of times, you know, I'm not sure how much cake I want to have because I remember I ate so much last time that my tummy felt really weird. And that's not because I just let her eat a ton of cake. It's because I let her eat a ton of cake and then we talked about it. Mm-hmm. And I said, how are you feeling? She was like, oh gosh. And I said, okay, so you ate a lot of cake. Your body was telling mm-hmm. you it wanted more. Your mind was telling you it wanted more. And we were, were you like, now your you tummy? learned your lesson. No, no. but I, I really realized that worked when my son was at a birthday party. He was three at the time and he ate half of his cake. And then he said, you know, my body feels like it's done. And I was like, okay, oh my God, this is working, right? He's yeah. intuitively eating. It's right? about paying attention. It's and, about, yeah. and I mean, we could blow that up to just conclude this. Paying attention is yeah. all we want to be doing both to our kids and for their own lives, for them paying attention to themselves, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that everything we've been conditioned, ooh, you gave us sparkles. Let's Have end with this. Okay. Everything we've been conditioned <laughs> to do as parents is to focus our kids' attention on the external, yes. on us. Say up here, we'll tell you how to jump, how high, when, everything. Right. We're we're responsible. We've got a yes. lot to do. We love them. We care we a lot. We love them. We care about them. And we can get a little power crazed sometimes. Mm-hmm. And that's okay when that happens. But I think if we can keep thinking of this word attention and paying attention mm-hmm. in, a, in a way to focus on our kids' self-awareness. And we always go like this on each other. Mm-hmm. Self-awareness. Well, to focus on our 
understanding mm-hmm. and needs and then to focus on our kids mm-hmm. needs and understanding yeah and it's it's the opposite how of aware every, are we? everything society says is focus on how the behaviors the impact how mm-hmm. things look right? right my judgments of those things my appraisal my expectations or as the parent the neighbors or the grandparents right right or the instagram accounters like right you know and instead we're trying to say let's pay attention back instead of having our kids tune out so basically tune to the outside but tune out Mm-hmm. to their inner experience. We're trying to help them tune in mm-hmm. tune to into their feelings, right. to their needs, to their hunger, to their fullness, to their tiredness, to their expectations, to their understanding yeah. of things, right? To all mm-hmm. those, to their motivations, to everything. That's, that's the key. Our kids needs is the key to all of their skill building, understanding, emotional intelligence, everything. And this doesn't mean we're not setting any boundaries. This doesn't mm-hmm. mean we're not setting limits, right? This just says we're doing it with awareness. We're saying, I'm going to do the best job I can based on what I know about your development, based on what I know about our mm-hmm. schedule, about our needs, mm-hmm. right? About my needs. I'm going to do the best I can, but I'm going to be aware as your parent. Mm-hmm. And through my awareness in these challenging moments, I'm building your awareness as a child. Mm-hmm. And if we can both be aware together in a relationship, mm-hmm. damn, we can do really well together. Together, individually, Right. Mm-hmm. And same with us as partners. Right. And that's what we want to talk about, too, is how aware can we be as a partner? How can we bring our partner lovingly into awareness as well? Yeah. Right. It's a constant practice. All of it is. Yeah. And I think that that's why we talk about it being one conversation at a time. Every time we feel like we're in conflict with our partner, with our child, with anyone, we get the chance to lean in and talk mm-hmm. about it. It goes against everything we've been conditioned to believe. It goes against all of our instincts. It's like talking about hard things is scary. It feels terrible. We've been conditioned Mm -hmm. from our experiences to believe that because it was terrible, but it doesn't Mm -hmm. have to be, right? right? We can talk to our kid about anything that they're doing and just say, hey, I noticed this. I I don't have to get all upset about it. I can take those deep breaths. I can say I'm struggling and step out, and then I can come back fresh and say, how are you doing? How can we learn from this? What's going Not on? Not just you. What are you too? What are you needing? Yeah. What can we do? Those moments of surrender mm-hmm. is what it really is. Mm-hmm. When they won't go out the door, when they won't sit at their Zoom school, when they won't eat their dinner, when they won't play nicely with their sibling, just sit on the floor and put your arms out and your heart out and say, what can we do? Right. What do you need? I love you. Let's figure this out. Our kids' resistance is a call for connection, and it's an opportunity for growth. Yeah. And that's the practice. It's progress over perfection. It's connection over control. It's trust over fear. And we're really grateful that you've been here with us mm-hmm. tonight, that you're here with us so often, a couple times a week, and then yeah. in all of our DMs and, um, and in our um, Instagram posts and everything. Like We're just really grateful that we're sharing this with you and that we're growing up alongside you. So thank you all for being here. Mm-hmm. Again, we've got our quick, quick visuals guide uh, available in the shop. All of our like little side-by-sides, helpful reminders, reminders, mantras, everything broken down into fours and single pages. Um, We've got a lot of folks who like putting them up in their kitchens or bathrooms, wherever they hide through their kids, exactly (laughs) in their bunkers. Uh Um, And they've helped us quite a bit and other folks. So check that out in our shop at upbringing.co. Oh, Bella says tearing up over here and just repeating uh, my husband sitting next to me, how much I love you too. And what you're bringing to this generation of parents and kids. Thank Thank you. you. Thank you for being here. Thank you both for being here. Everyone who's here, um, you're doing the work, just being here and listening and thinking about this stuff is 
incredible, especially as, as white privileged people. Like this is the work we have to do to be raising kids who are in tune with their own needs so that they can be thinking about other people's needs, be empathetic, respectful, compassionate, innovative, not right? fragile, defensive, yeah, right, selfish. These are all the skills yeah. that we're building to raise human beings who can go out there and create some real change. But that starts with us, a day at a time, a conversation at a time. So thank you so much for being here. Um, the sparkly thing is awesome. I know, love it. I feel so fancy. <laughs> um, we'll be back on Tuesday. Okay, bye. See you all soon. Thank you.